0: Welcome to My Camino, the podcast. I'm Dan Mullins. It's great to have your company.
1: It's very fulfilling, and as a teacher, you know it's it doesn't get any better in a way than than seeing the the kinds of develop, growth and development that that we see in the students on, on this trip.
0: That voice you just heard is Douglas Challenger. We'll get to Doug and his wife Laurie, in just a moment. But first, this is a podcast about the Camino de Santiago, or the Way of Saint James. James was one of Christ's apostles, and he's often known as James the Stronger. There are even suggestions he was Christ's cousin. James left the Holy Land after Jesus' death and travelled to Spain to preach Christianity. He returned to Judea in around 44 AD, so 11 years later, and was beheaded by King Herod. James was the very first martyr. His remains were spirited out of the Holy Land, taken to Spain in a stone boat, and buried in a field in Galicia in northwest Spain. They were discovered in the 9th century, and the locals built a shrine to house them. Today, there stands a majestic cathedral in his name, Santiago de Compostela, or St. James, under a field of stars. The cathedral and St. James's remains are the end point for the majority of pilgrims who walk El Camino or the Way of St. James'. Pilgrims from all over the world gather in his name to walk together a journey of discovery. If nothing else, it's the chance to wander from town to town, discovering the cultural and historical unwinding of time in the majestic Spanish countryside. You can also walk Caminos in France or Portugal, Germany. Indeed, most European countries will invite you to take a pilgrimage. There are over 80,000 kilometres or 50,000 miles of Caminos across the continent. So this is a podcast about a handful of those pilgrims, their intention, their blessing. And so many different people walk and so many different types of people walk. Shy people, loud people, musicians, actors, doctors, priests, mothers, fathers, sons and daughters. You won't be judged on the Caminos. You are simply there as a pilgrim, on your journey. And you can share that journey if you choose, or not. But if you do choose to share it, you'll be welcomed with open arms. The open arms of other pilgrims, and the open arms of St James. My quote this week is from the Jewish philosopher Martin Buber. I borrowed it, and I'll explain from whom, a little later. But Martin Buber wrote... All journeys have secret destinations of which the traveller is unaware. Hmm. All journeys have secret destinations of which the traveller is unaware. My guests this week are on the line from Massachusetts in the United States. Douglas and Laurie Challenger came to my attention via a new Camino film. I watched the movie just yesterday and it's brilliant. Douglas and Laurie are on the line Welcome, pilgrims.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having us, Dan.
0: Thank you, Dan. Good to be with you. Douglas, I'll begin with you. You're a professor of sociology and documentary studies at Franklin Pierce University in New Hampshire, just across the state border from where you live. Given your academic rigour, how do you describe the Camino to people who ask
1: about it? Well, um, that it's an ancient pilgrimage um, that began you know over a thousand years ago and that today it's walked by quarter million people every year it's kind of gone through a renaissance in recent decades and people walk it for all kinds of reasons uh not just religious reasons it's uh you know a, a time out a to, an, an opportunity to to take some time out away from your life and do some reflection uh, on it, or to, you know, have an adventure, be in Europe, and enjoy other cultures, meet people from all over the world, and uh, just have a great, a great time and an opportunity to meet people who uh, are, what I find when I'm on the Camino is that people are, Almost everybody has got a story of some sort, a reason they're they're out there walking, and uh, people are open and willing to talk about that uh, with you, which I find is unusual in ordinary life. And so, if if people are interested in that kind of thing, then you know, I think that's that's what the Camino has to offer, and um, and. The the meeting of other people I will always find is, is kind of so, one of the joys of walking the Camino and connecting with people yeah. from from all walks of life.
0: Yeah, yeah, it certainly is, Laurie. You might tell us how the Camino came into your lives. Do you remember?
2: Oh, I yes, I do. Um, well, I I learned about the Camino through Doug, um, and he he could talk more about that, but he. Uh, When I met Doug in 2005, um, he was planning to go on a long distance walk with a group of students, but not on the Camino. He didn't. I don't think he knew about the Camino quite yet. Um, But uh, after a couple of years of him taking students over to Europe to to walk, Um, there was a whole other program through the college at that point, which he can tell you about. There's a whole history of long distance walking from Franklin Pierce University. And um, uh, he learned about the Camino on one of those walks and and then told me about it. And um, he walked it by himself uh, before we walked it together in 2007. So uh, that's how how I found out about
1: it. And you connected with it because...
2: I did. I connected with it because when I was 19 years old, which is the age of a lot of the students we take, I put a backpack on with a friend of mine. And it was the first time I was ever on an airplane or had traveled anywhere. And uh, we went and wandered through Europe ourselves, as did a lot of young Americans and people from all... I actually met a lot of Australians... On that trip, um, and just wandered around Europe, and fell in love with that just wandering um, at that time. And I was there for a couple of months, so we instantly connected on that.
0: It's interesting, you um, know, yeah. Doug and Laurie. I was only, I, my sons are nineteen and seventeen. I was only just saying this week. This one of the great shames of of the pandemic is that it's robbed. That, that A couple of years off those children's lives to be able to do that. Yes. That rite of passage yes. that we all had.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm
0: Yeah, it's mm-hmm. really sad. Hey, Doug, yeah. I read a piece you wrote on the American Pilgrims on the Camino website that you first walked in in 2007 and you got to see the good, the bad and the ugly about yourself. Did you feel but- at that time you needed to
1: change? Did you get a sense that you needed something? yeah i mean i i think back then when i look back at it now i i was in a lot of inner turmoil myself I you know i had just turned 50 uh recently and um i was struggling i you know i had been divorced twice in my life uh i had no kids of my own that was and that was something that bothered me uh as i was getting older I was thinking I might not ever have children and that was something I always wanted. Um, And I, you know, as Laurie said, we had met in 2005, but that we really didn't start a relationship until a couple months before I was planning this trip to go on the Camino. And, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, connected with Laurie right away, but I knew if what we stayed together I probably because she's the same age as I am you know um she already had four daughters of her own (laughs) plenty of kids uh and uh that that I would probably never have my own biological children you know so I went off on the Camino by myself in 2007 with that kind of to mull over and uh you know, I, I think I was working through a lot of that. And I remember walking, you know, as a lot of people do on the Camino, you connect with a group of people and you walk with them and they become kind of your Camino family. And I, there was a guy from Germany that was in our that group I was I was with. And I remember talking to him about this dilemma and, and told him about Laurie. And he said, uh, sounds like she's perfect for you, Doug. You know, and I, I knew when he said it he was right um, and I think you know the rest of that trip and the in the aftermath of it was really uh, a part of a process of it for me of accepting that I had kind of missed the boat of having my own kids and 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 also coming around to a place of gratitude for Lari and my relationship with her and her four daughters who have been wonderful and have welcomed me into their lives with open arms, and and I think uh, you know the, the the Camino, that first Camino was part, a big part of that kind of turnaround for me. Um, you know, it's part of part of that process of acceptance. Yeah, wow. And then and then a few years later, uh, you know, as our relationship grew, uh, when we started taking students on the Camino on our second trip in two thousand. 13. uh, I took a ring with me and I asked Laurie to marry me. (laughs) We got engaged in Leon on that trip. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, Yeah.
0: You know, um, so then you've created this semester long walk study abroad program focused on the Camino that you've led alongside Laurie on a number of occasions. Laurie, you might um, tell me, Mm What's it like to be part of that journey?
2: Oh, it's it's a highlight of my life, I can tell you that. It's something that I just treasure every time I am lucky enough to go along with Doug and these students and help him lead these trips. Um, I love watching the students, how they change over over the course of the trip and they just grow in so many ways and I grow every time I go. I uh, I learn something new about myself or have time to reflect on something and, um, oh, I just, yeah, I have fallen in love with the Camino and hope to get back again one day.
0: We're going to talk about the movie that you both have made about this this journey, the, the perpetual journey as it's called, but you might just try to tell me, perhaps I'll stay with you, Laurie, What's it like for those young people? What What do they tell you about that journey, that, that mm. Camino journey?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, well, they, um, they, they talk to us um, in, in meetings. They're, they, they don't share a lot. I find they don't share a lot at the beginning of the trip about how they're feeling. At the beginning, I feel like they resist a little bit. Uh, for instance, um, we do different things with them. When we first start out, we have them uh, walk in silence for a day. And, and I remember on one trip specifically, it was an all it was all females on that trip. And they didn't know there was a lot of eye rolling. They were not happy that we didn't let them talk for two hours. <laughs> and... Um, They, by the end of the trip, or it was actually, we were in the middle of the trip, we had some faculty come over and visit the group, and um, they walked with the students themselves without us for a day. And the students had these new faculty members that had just shown up on the Camino walk in silence. They did the same thing to them that we had done to to the students earlier on, and they told them how much they loved walking in silence. They had learned to do that and how much they appreciated that quiet where you know there's always there was there's always a um one of the things that happens is we we talk to them about unplugging and not having their earbuds in all the time and so there are things like that that happened i i i I can't can you specifically remember certain things about them saying to us how they feel and it's more towards the end that they yeah. they talk about their reflections of how they've changed how they've grown how they feel at peace how they feel like they can handle things differently that's that makes causes stress in their life or, yeah. um, and, and um and i think it's because they've had the time to just walk and think and they're not in the rat race of. So of life as we know it yeah.
0: in the real world. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's one of the joys, yeah. isn't it, of the Camino is, yeah. is getting away from all of that. Douglas, how does it work? that They don't spend an entire semester on the Camino.
1: They do. We we uh, um, I model I modelled the program a little bit after this older program that we had had at our school, the Walk in Europe program. Um, and uh, it's a semester-long they get a semester's worth of credit. And we start in San Sebastian, uh, Spain, where they attend a language school and study Spanish intensively for a couple of weeks. And while we're there, I teach a interdisciplinary seminar on the Camino uh, that talks about the history and uh, and the culture a little bit and, and also the anthropology sociology of pilgrimage and they read some books over the summer before we go we we usually go over in august and come back at the beginning of november so we're there for about 10 weeks and um the first two weeks is in san sebastian we you know we do practice walking there we meet with them a lot uh we're trying to you know tell them what 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 the Camino etiquette is like, you know, and what it's like living in the albergues and and so forth, and then uh, and then we take uh, uh, we 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 go to France actually and spend a couple of ta- a couple of weeks on the Le Puy route in uh, one of the feeder routes to the Camino Francis. Um, we start either in a town called Cahors or Moissac. And we walk for a couple of weeks in France and then we get to St. Jean, and, uh, and then we're, we're on, on foot there all the way to we get to Santiago and we, we have, uh, meetings along the way, you know, like kind of weekly meetings. Um, and we see them all the time too. And we try to, we walk with them a lot at the beginning, um, cause we're, we're kind of trying to show them the ropes a little bit and, Uh, And they're, you know, they like having, being all together at first, but, but uh, about, you know, a third of the way in, we start uh, letting them go and in small groups and they, they book their own places to stay or they decide where they're going to stay for, for the evening. We tell them we'll meet them, you know, in two or three days in, in a certain town and we regroup together as a, as a whole and you know have a meeting and then send them off again for maybe a few more days and, yeah. um in that way they kind of become more and more independent of us and uh and we finished in Santiago we get we tend to go out we go out to Finisterre either for a day or two or a, just a day trip and we have a little uh, a little ritual that we do out there uh that kind of marks the end of of the journey and um that's how it works. Then they, uh, they get uh, credit for walking the Camino, keeping a journal, and then writing a long paper about it when they get home, about how it all impacted them. And then part of that, as I understand it, is they then
0: deliver uh, a, a kind of a presentation at the university, yeah? yeah? So it must, yeah, be,
1: that's it, right.
0: it, it must have now, you've done it a few times, that must be quite the phenomenon at Franklin Pierce University.
1: It is. Uh, It's become kind of a signature, unique program at our school. Yeah, I bet. The school's very proud of it. And a lot of students, you know, uh, it catches their eye when they're thinking about coming to the school and, you know, make the decision to come there in part because uh, that program exists. I, I
0: I imagine it's most probably like I am with other pilgrims. I can kind of see it in their eyes. I know and we, we kind of have this knowing glance and yeah. I imagine there's past students who put their arm around other students and say, you're going to love this. This is going to, this is going to be a really wonderful thing to do. Laurie, <laughs> you, I imagine that's something you've observed as well as not really an outsider but perhaps not necessarily part of the course but somebody involved with it.
2: Yes, yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah, they're they're um, they're very proud when they come back, and um, we we have had asked some students to help us recruit for future uh, trips, and um, they love to share their stories with with mm-hmm. students that are considering going. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And, and Laurie, I'll stay with you because I know what it's like to be on the Camino. It's tough. Mm-hmm. It must be difficult then for you and Douglas. To not only manage that yourselves, because you're not driving, you're walking. <laughs> right. And and, and and then you are managing those those yes. those human beings, those personalities <laughs> as well. So you mm-hmm. it's a very it's an additional difficulty, if you like.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's not it's easy. Definitely. No, no, it's not easy. And the thing for us is that I mean, we do talk about that a lot, that when we're there, it, that we are walking it, we're doing it physically, emotionally, all, everything that all pilgrims go through. And then when we're at the end of our day walking and we're showered and waiting for dinner, we're talking about, we're processing what's happening with the students. We aren't really resting, um, we're, we have our other job. you <laughs> know that we're, yeah. we're taking care of them. Right. And um, sometimes we have students that are sick or injured and then we have to get them to the doctor or get the medication or yeah. um there's always something that's happening on top of managing the budget that we have to do the yeah. bookkeeping as well so and we never really get a break yeah. um and it is exhausting but still i love it and yeah there's nothing i'd rather do than take a group of students on the camino because and- it's so rewarding it's
1: and physically, like we we train a lot for it because we're older than them, you know, and um, so we because we, because we know when we get to the end of the day, uh, our day isn't over. <laughs> and we, you know, we have to be uh, a lot of pilgrims, you know, just like to pass out at the end of the day. But that's kind of not an option for us. and <laughs> so we always feel like at least I do. I always feel like I need to be in better shape than these twenty year olds <laughs> because uh, right, yeah. we have so much to do with them,
0: yeah, oh, yeah, I, I imagine that's right. yeah for, of course, you not <laughs> only have to be in better shape physically, perhaps even emotionally. Yeah. Yeah 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 but, that's right but yeah. let me ask you a personal question does that put difficulty on the relationship between Douglas and Laurie
2: No <sighs> you know it's it's funny the first trip we had different approaches Doug was really more wanting to be friends with the students and I as a parent of four children felt more comfortable setting limits and and he, he didn't have that experience because he didn't have his own children and you're living with them. You basically are their parents while you're there. And, um, they are older. They're, they're, you know, they're all 18, 19 years old, roughly give or take. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's a huge responsibility. And I, I'm comfortable because I, as a parent learned that setting limits, um, is is I think kind of what they want and need in a way, and um, and and so we balanced each other, but we worked a lot out on that first trip in terms of how we could do this together. And um, we I, I can't say we ever fought about it, but we've had disagreements, but we may have, Our relationship is such that we are able to work through it, and um, and now we have it down, and we we just it's pretty seamless. So. I think Doug and I are both at our best when we're on the
0: Camino. I I can't wait to talk about the movie because, as I said in the introduction, I watched it last night and I absolutely loved it. But I just want to ask a couple Mm -hmm. of other questions, if I may. Um, Mm -hmm. Douglas, what does a successful journey look like for these young people?
1: Um, Well, what what I'm looking for... Is for them, you know, is for them to embrace uh, what it means to be a pilgrim. And they don't do it at first. Uh, I think they they go over thinking they're they're sort of going to have a fun time in Europe, and they kind of bring that college culture with them. And uh, I think it takes a while for them. And of course, they're they're walking. They're not used to walking <laughs> that, that much. And, uh, you know, they're getting used to that and they're chafing a little bit at the, you know, the curfew of 10 10 o'clock, lights are out in these albergues and, you know, and so they go through this, except a period of sort of rebelling against it um, about what the Camino is, its rituals, its routines and the, and so forth. And then they, and and then eventually they just sort of surrender to it. <laughs> they know they're they've got a long way to go. And uh and then the magic starts to happen, I think, when yeah. they when they accept that and put the and let themselves uh be kind of enveloped in, in this uh kind of it's sort of a sacred atmosphere, I think, um that all these rituals uh create and, and the space it gives people to, you know, to just sort of, yeah, you know, find a connection to themselves and to each other. And, and it's, it becomes a, a crucible for, for growth and change. And, and then you start to hear them talking differently about it. They're, as you you may have noticed the, the one of the guys in the in the movie is talking about how miserable he is through half the trip and somewhere out in the middle of the meseta, the he starts to change the way he's talking about it yeah. we gave them in the film uh, little flip cameras to have with them to do, like do little video diaries when they were alone and in his video diary that we put in the film there he talks about how it's starting to sneak up on him, and how he—he—he, yeah. you know, he, he, in a weird way, it's—it's it's satisfying, even though he—he's kind of miserable. Yeah, and and by by the end, he's like, he's been transformed by it. Yeah. Um, so to me, a successful when I see that happen in, in some of the students, I I think it, it's been a success.
0: You know, his uh, his whole face changes. Yeah, mm-hmm. His whole appearance mm-hmm. changes throughout the course of the film. It's yeah. amazing mm-hmm. to watch. It's amazing. Yeah. But, and I, want, I can't wait to talk about the film, but I have to ask the question. Have you ever had a student who packs their bag and goes home?
1: <laughs> <laughs> we, we did. Uh, on our first trip, uh, we had one boy who had trouble. I think we couldn't figure out what the – he had some kind of medical issue in the first week we were there he kept sort of fainting and um, passing out a little bit, you know, and we, we didn't really know what was going on. We te- took him to the hospital three or four times. And, mm-hmm. and eventually I guess the, the doctors just said he's having panic attacks and, and uh, he, we, we couldn't continue to, you know, manage that, you know, uh, and it was kind of harming the, the rest of the trip. So, Uh, he had to go home Um, and then there was another guy who's who saw who was having like relationship issues back home with a girlfriend and he I think he was missing her and uh, he wanted to go back home to be with her and um, he hadn't yeah so early on in that first trip we had two students leave But not after that. And we've run four trips so far. So, um, yeah. They're pretty good odds. They're usually ready to come home, you know, at the end. They miss being home and uh, it's bittersweet. You know, they're they're ready to come home, but they also love, they have fallen in love with the walking and with being in Europe, traveling, you know, too.
2: And many of them have said they want to go back again and one day. At some and
0: point two. in their lives. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the film is called Perpetual Journey, a semester on the road to Santiago. It's going to be launched in a couple of weeks' time in, in New Hampshire. COVID-19 actually played a hand in, in in finishing the film. Laurie, you might tell us about that, the, that, the logistics of it and, and how it all came together, the, the journey yeah. of the film, as it were.
2: Yes, exactly. Well, we got, when we got home from that trip, we had all this footage to go through and um, we did go through it quickly. And um, I think Doug was a little more anxious than I was to get it finished because he wanted it available for, um, for when the kids present the students presented in the spring at their academic showcase. And so we put a version together and um, I was never fully Happy with that version, and we went back and forth on that, and just never really had the time to go back and look at all the footage again, because I knew when we shot it, there were certain things shot the film over there as we were walking off, and with Doug carrying the camera on a selfie stick, um, and I knew there were things in there that I I wanted to say in the film that weren't in the original version, and so during COVID. We had the time because we had to stay home and we went through every single clip. There are thousands of clips and um, redid the entire film. It's a whole different film now. Um, And we were able able to capture all those things that I had in my mind that I really wanted to say. and um, and I, so I, think, I think it made it a better film, actually, a I richer, richer did. film. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And, I mean, we were working on getting the music rights for the film too, and that took time. Yeah. Um, but I think the big difference between the first version, which I was keen to to finish a, a version of it because it was my sabbatical project, actually, uh, that semester, and the first version focused mostly on the students, and in this second version we bring ourselves into the story more. So now I think the film is r- richer because of that, because it shows young people doing this thing and people, you know, older in life, um, you know, in their, I think we were 60 when when we shot that. Right. In-
2: so we have COVID to thank for the time to sit and <laughs> go through all of that. It took yeah. us many hours.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> months, many months. Yeah. It's, it's,
0: yeah. Been- <laughs> It's come together beautifully. Um, I really enjoyed it. I really did. I mentioned to you um, before we began the interview that um, there are scenes in it where there are just streetscapes or or, or sort of landscape vistas and you've left the audio in um, where you can hear the Camino. I really loved Mm. that because that's a part of what I love the most about the Camino is the the opportunity to have the time (laughs) – just taking yeah. what's around you. It's such a blessing, isn't it? Yes, mm-hmm.
2: just the sound of gravel under your feet. Yeah. Is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And I won't give away too much because I want people to watch it and enjoy it as much as I did. But there's just a couple of scenes that I'd like to bring up with you. In the very beginning, um, you get to Orison and there's no room at the inn. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And, and you, 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 right? And you're sent backwards, right? <laughs> right? And yes. and and the students are sort of saying bits and pieces. And again, I won't give away too much. But then there's yeah. a little clip of you, Doug, and you say, "I'm not happy about it either." <laughs> and and it's it's then that I think to myself, "Oh yeah, they're on the Camino too." Oh, nice. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, we've got our feelings too about it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, how yeah. mindful are you in taking these students on this journey? How mindful are you um, of guarding or, or not guarding them, or or trying to mm-hmm. trying to hide those Mastling. hide those frustrations from them? Because you, mm-hmm. you, if they're that's and that's very early on in in the journey. You know, if they're saying, well, Doug's frustrated, so I'm going to get frustrated, or are you, or are you, and Laurie, you might answer this, um, are you kind of hiding your emotions to enable them to experience their full range of emotions?
2: Uh, yeah, and that's an interesting question, and, you know, probably the mom in me kicks in, and I yeah. try to be the strong one for them. I think I do take that role on quite a bit, um, mm-hmm. uh I th- yeah I don't think they see us they don't i don't think they even th- the students really think about our personal struggles right. and um yeah I, I and that's okay because it really is about them. We are running a trip for them yeah. um yeah, I, yeah, I, I and know. I think
1: we're i mean they'll even say things like, oh, we met some people and here here we are like in our late fifties early 60s, and uh, they'll say, we met some people today. There were some old folks we, we walked with for a little while. They were in their 40s or something. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, what do they think of us? You know, like, like they, do they know how old we are? <laughs> <laughs> That's great, isn't but, it? That's really great. But yeah, we're we're trying to lead them. I, I would think we're, we're mo- trying to model a little bit. But, yeah, but in that so. scene, I mean, I think... I'm just trying to like connect with them too, you know, like, yeah, it was kind of a miserable day and I'm, I was disappointed. I was disappointed that we, we thought we had a reservation at, at the main inn there. And so uh, I was just trying to, you know, connect with them really.
2: You were lightening the mood. Trying to
1: lighten the mood.
0: (laughs) Hey Laurie, tell us about um, carrying one's fears in your backpack.
2: Mm yes yes well um every time I go I try to take less on on the Camino with me but I'm not very successful (laughs) and um and a lot of that for me I, I tend to be an anxious person I worry a lot about things and so I I tend to put in an extra shirt or an extra this or that or this special kind of like cream I like on my face. I always make sure I have an extra one, you know, just little things that it adds up. And that is all about fear that I'm not going to get, have what I need for my own comfort on the Camino. And as much as I try to let it go every time, when I start out, I'm always a little heavier than I should be. And it totally is about fear for me. So I, I do end up mailing things home eventually, or just giving things away or leaving things. But um, those are the kind of fears that I carry in my backpack. (laughs) Yeah. There's there's a
0: a great song um, that plays during the course of the film. Um, It's walk on, walk on, walk on. Yeah. And Mm. it's it's so lovely. Um, But it's, I think one of the lines in the song is it's the only, in the end, it's only the steps you take. I think that's the line. It's only the steps you take alone that matter
2: right. that matter right. isn't
0: that a powerful right. line
2: it is yeah. it's a powerful song yeah i discovered that song on a trip on our 2013 trip and i played it for the students uh in in an albergue one night and they fell in love with that song so mm. it's always meant a lot uh it's by the weepies mm-hmm. when yeah
0: when you're watching it and i mentioned before about the oral landscape and 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 the silence, which is quite often so gorgeous, or those silent moments when there's nobody talking, there's no dialogue and you can really in, in, immerse yourself in the journey itself. I thought, oh, I just loved it. And then there's a scene when, Laurie, you are walking along and you are talking to the camera and you're saying, oh, you know, I had a decision to make this morning and this is the reason I made that decision. And then you say, oh, look at the peppers. <laughs> yes. Yes. And there's this yeah. re- there's this realisation in real time, this is not scripted film, and no. where you say, oh, and you can see the delight in your face and then a couple of minutes later <laughs> you turn back to the camera and you say, that's what the Camino is about, taking the time yeah. and having the time to discover little right. fields of peppers.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So beautiful. Yes, so true. Yeah. So true. It's, it, that was a magical moment and totally unplanned. Um, yeah and things like that happen often on the Camino I find I'm sure you did too where little things catch you by surprise and and
1: uh when you're in a place where you can see them you yes know, in a way you're not
2: rushing yeah. to quickly get the dog walked or or do whatever we do at home or yeah. rushing from one thing to another and that is so true yeah
0: mm-hmm. that is so true
2: space. Mm -hmm. Laurie,
0: Mm -hmm. I read Douglas's article on the American Pilgrims on the Camino website. It's a few years ago now. It's almost 10 years old. It said, among those lessons I hear my students describe are learning to be comfortable with solitude and having less stuff, getting clear about what and who is really important in their lives, taking themselves and their goals more seriously, falling in love with the world and its diverse people, experiencing the joys of a more simple and mindful life, Feeling a sense of physical strength and accomplishment that can be transferred to other endeavors and trusting that humanity is basically good. Now that's almost ten years ago that Doug wrote that.
1: You mm-hmm. could
0: very well mm-hmm. have been the 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 elevator pitch for this film.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Wow. True. I wrote
0: yeah. that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did.
2: <laughs> it's beautifully written and, and uh, all true. Yeah, all I think, true. Yeah. All true. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well said.
0: It's it's time yeah. for me to come clean. I borrowed this week's quote. I always have a quote in my podcasts, and I borrowed it this week from from that same. Um, article, the Jewish philosopher Martin Buber, who wrote, all journeys have secret destinations of which the traveller is unaware. So, yeah. Laurie, you might just take us back to to your home in Massachusetts. How does the Camino feature in your lives back home, mm-hmm. the day-to-day pilgrimage of life? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Well, um, one thing that um, has happened in our own home and in my own life, my personal stuff that I collect <laughs> um, is that I've been able to purge a lot of things and I don't want a lot of clutter in my life physical of physical things. I like things to be sparse. I like to have less. Um, I've always been a walker. I always go out every day and walk rain or shine pretty much um, winter, summer, uh, for miles every day. We have a we have a lab a chocolate lab who loves to go out and walk with us. So um, that hasn't changed, except, you know, I don't get to walk like I do on the Camino, but I've all my whole life I've walked. Um, But I think it's more also when I when I come across things that I'm challenged with. i don't I don't think I let things get to me as much. I, I I feel like it's it's given me some patience because, um, I'm somebody I like things ordered. It's kind of how I am, how I function in the world. And when you're on the Camino, you don't have control over uh, where you're gonna sleep or the shower situation or the bathroom situation. Yeah. there are so many things or your food even that you're going to be served or And you have to just let it go and um, everything always works out. And I think that's something, one of the biggest lessons for me that I take carry at home is that um, I don't have to be in charge of everything and that I can let go and it's all going to be okay. And I'm actually going to enjoy it better maybe. Um, So I I, I love that I've, I've, that, that it's helped me I think with some of those issues that I have in my own life personally. Yeah. Yeah. To just take it, take things in stride. Yeah. 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 Doug,
0: you do this stuff for a living. Um, what have you and Laurie learned about yourselves in the course of making the documentary and taking students away on this journey of their, for some of them, a journey of a lifetime? What have you learned
1: about mm. yourselves? Mm. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I think we've learned... How much we we like doing this thing together, um, and how meaningful it is to have that extra. I mean, it's fun to go and do it yourself or as a couple. We we did go back one year and walked by ourselves, um, and uh, we missed the students That's a little true. bit. You know, yeah. there's a there's a kind of it's very fulfilling and as a teacher you know it's it doesn't get any better in a way than than seeing the the kinds of develop, growth and development that that we see in the students on, on this trip but so but I think yeah I mean we it the Camino is a big part of our lives we talk about it almost every day mm-hmm. um you know our memories of it uh we we are, we quote the, the students <laughs> to each other because we they've said memorable things to us over the years, and we talk about them. We're in touch with many of them still on Facebook, and um, it's just become a very big part of our lives, and we're lucky that we've been able to do it together.
2: Yeah, that is one of the things that. You know, I, I could have said earlier too. Is that it's the learning to be in the moment and and in your life and and one of the things I talk about in the film at one point is about not waiting to do things in yeah. your life and doing taking doing things now. Um, don't put them off till later if you can, like these big things, because you don't know what the future holds. Mm-hmm. And like with COVID, we have not been able to go over to Spain now for a couple of years and I'm just so grateful we had all those trips beforehand and we are getting older and who knows what might happen in the future. But, um, yeah, do live your life now, live your life now mm-hmm. and don't, don't postpone the things that you really want to do.
0: You yeah. Know? I, I really loved the film. I think it it was a really lovely story about, some really lovely people, and seeing mm-hmm. the Camino woven through it was just an added mm-hmm. bonus for me. And the narrative mm-hmm. that emerged for me was summed up perfectly because I had written this script before I watched the film. And yeah. I mm-hmm. I based the based the script on on that article that she wrote for the American Pilgrims on the Camino, Doug. And, and then mm-hmm. and, and here I am. Now, looking at the script, having watched the film last night, and here this, is this Martin Buber quote again. All journeys have secret destinations of which the traveller is unaware. And I can't mm-hmm. help thinking, thats it's almost like you wrote that years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I've written it before yeah. speaking to you, and it's just the perfect way to sum up a, per, a, a film that I thought was just a beautifully told story about transformation. Yeah.
1: And that was what we wanted to do with the film. We wanted to, you know, we talk about it all the time and write about it, but we wanted to actually show it. And yeah. we tried to make a film that, where you could actually see that happening.
0: Yeah. And, and I hope we did. And again, I'm going to go back to that article that you wrote years ago, perhaps not knowing that you were going to make this film. You mm-hmm. wrote this, the students, Described secret destinations the Camino brought them to, and sometimes, in my own case, it was a painful place of recognising a shortcoming, or a personal habit that's not serving them well, and finding themselves within themselves the desire to create new and better ways to navigate life. By the end of their journey on the Camino, they all realised that those new places within themselves to which the Camino led them have become an enduring part of the landscape of their lives going forward. Pretty good,
1: huh? (laughs) (laughs) Send me that (laughs) piece. I lost track of that. Yeah,
0: and and like I say, I'm reading the script that I wrote. I don't know a week ago, and Mm. and I'm Uh. reading that now, thinking, wow. That's the perfect again. There's the your 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 90-second elevator pitch. It's it's just it's wonderful. And yeah. and and mm-hmm. the movie is a wonderful gift that that you both are giving to the world uh and the Camino community. And I'm so excited for you and I wish you all the very, very best. I'd love to imagine that our paths cross one day, perhaps on El Camino de Santiago, the sacred way. But in the meantime, um congratulations and thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Douglas and Laurie Challenger, Buen Camino. Buen Camino, Buen Camino
2: Thank, thank
0: you. you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Our pleasure. My guests this week, on the line from Massachusetts in the United States, Douglas and Laurie Challenger. Douglas is Professor of Sociology at Franklin Pierce University. The movie is Perpetual Journey, and you can find all the details for the film on Facebook and how you can book it via Vimeo, by searching Perpetual Journey. And it's premiering at the Manadnock International Film Festival from October 21st to October 30 and promises to be the most wonderful event. You can learn how to book the picture, as I said, to screen it at your event or your local pilgrimage community or your church community or your family and friends. Best to go to the Facebook page. That's the best way to find it, Perpetual Journey. That's all we have time for this week. The minutes tick by like steps... On the Masetta, remember the quote Douglas and Laurie use from the Jewish philosopher Martin Buber. I borrowed from them to help tell their story. All journeys have secret destinations of which the traveller is unaware. Until next week, I'm Dan Mullins. Buen Camino. Somewhere along the-